Hello. Hello, how are you? I am. <laughs> Do it again. Ready? Yeah, go. Hello. 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 <laughs> Welcome, come into the science shed. Yeah. Please just have a little sit down there. I'm from Europe. You're from Europe. Whereabouts in Europe? Um, Europe. Who are you? Uh, What's Bob, your name? Bob, Hello, Bob. Bob the banana. Bob, Bob the banana. You are here. <laughs> Stop it. <laughs> Bunsen, Dolly, Internal, Why do we need Petri, Oscar, Isaac, Transplanting? Nick. Hello, Steve. Hello, how are you? I'm all right. How's things? Good, man. I'm really glad to see you again, Steve. Yeah. We've not seen each other for a um, considerable number of weeks. Yeah, we went we went on holiday, didn't we, Nick? We did, and we've been... Um, we went on holiday together. We tried to get podcasting, but we, we did. didn't. We did. We did over walking the... walking in Scotland. So, I'd forgotten about this, actually. Yeah, well, maybe not forgotten. Maybe consciously wiped it out of my yeah, mind. me too. Yeah, it was awful. <laughs> I had a great time. So, we went to the far north of Scotland, and we went hiking with you a friend of ours. Nick. He's eating a polo. Yeah, sorry. With a friend of ours... <laughs> Lovely. They're sugar-free. I think that makes you sort of bit. Um, what's it called when you do diarrhea? <laughs> <laughs> what's that called? So laxative. engaging. So engaging. Yeah, podcast. they have what's a laxative th- effect. Can we call the podcast this episode of the podcast? What's that's the thing called when you do diarrhea? <laughs> <laughs> I believe polos have a laxative effect. We should talk about that another time. Yeah. I don't know why that happens, but anyway, yeah, we went to Scotland and we stayed in a bothy. We did. Nights. I'd never been in a Bothy before. It's like a big stone hut. You like it? It was great. Yeah. Yeah. It was going through going <laughs> going back to the poo story. Yeah. It was hard to go out and do a nature poo, wasn't it? To be honest, it was wasn't too bad for me. I got my technique down and everything. Terrible midges. The thing was, you had to be really sure that you needed to empty your <laughs> bowels because if you didn't, there was a you lot gotta of commit. S- you got to commit. You can't just There's drop your trousers and, s- and squat there for a while. <laughs> There's so many midges. Oh my they god! Eat you alive. It just eat you alive. I think my worst part of that holiday was when I walked upstairs (laughs) to see Dave, who we also went with, bending over, rubbing midge repellent onto his naked (laughs) ass. It was so horrible. It's so so glamorous, isn't it? Do you know what though? I thought was interesting about the whole thing is you think kind of going going out, getting back to nature, and like walking the woods would be quite a kind of you know. Kind of, uh, kind of fair that most people would be involved with. Every single bloody person we met had multiple advanced degrees, and they're all just like super middle class. <laughs> like everyone, <laughs> like it's just like I think it's just because how expensive all the equipment is that you can only the middle classes can afford to do it. I don't know. I think that I'd, I'm not sure that's entirely true. I'd like to see some, um, you know, kind of statistics on it. But you do, yeah, I think people who are um, educated, you get a lot of educated people who like hill walking. Whereas all, so p- all your proles, right, they're all off to Megaloof, aren't they? <laughs> they're all having their bacon and eggs. They love it. I watch Only Fools and Horses, go down Megaloof, have a few beers. Lovely, isn't it? Why do I want to go fucking mountains? I apologise wholeheartedly <laughs> for the actions of my fellow co-podcaster. I think it's a false stereotype, actually. I've met many people from all walks of life while walking across the hills. Well, Scotland, remote Scotland, is a particularly... It's, it's expensive to get there. That's true. Generally, you need your own transport. Yeah. 
if you go to the peaks or you go to the lakes, yeah, you see a lot. First of all, you see a lot more people, and you you meet people from all walks of life. That's my um, experience. So I don't think it's necessarily necessarily true. Yeah. But then again, you know, you're not going to get your your gangsters from the East End up there, really, are you? Like, and you're not going to get no, you you're not going to get yeah. your Kim Kardashian <laughs> fans up there either, are yeah, they you? They don't have aircon. Up there, exactly. Not yeah, in Scotland. Not that you'd ever need it. You, you, you don't know, dress. You know what? Well, they don't dress. You don't. You, you're not. Fashion is not the first. <laughs> no. Thing. You Although you did try and walk the whole thing in your jeans. So I was quite impressed about that. I did. Yeah. I don't. Um, I was kind of looking at you, thinking, "Oh, amateur." <laughs> Do you know what, my, fa- my favourite thing of the whole evening? I saw Steve, I've just got to say something else before you carry. Before you said, I was very impressed with you taking your jeans off that time to ford that river. Oh, it's good. Yeah, you're not it. a man who exposes your legs on a regular basis. No, I don't think men you're not should. a short wearer. No, men shouldn't do that. But I respected you for stripping to your pants. Yeah, well, I had <laughs> to. Walking I didn't across wear the river. Wet jeans. <laughs> my favourite, my favourite uh, um, moment of that whole holiday is I'm walking up this hill, listeners, and it's like you know it's. It's it's Scotland in August, so it's miserable, right? It's rain. It's like we had good like, weather, mate. It was like we was had like, good weather, it was like kind of fine mist. Dude, like you don't know shit, man. If you think, let me tell my story. Let me tell my story. So it's this fine mist that's like whipping at my face. I'm in there, and I've got like a jumper on and a fleece, and I've got an overcoat, and I've got a thing on my face, and I'm and I'm just like, I'm like, oh my god, I'm like, oh, why did I bother to come here? Nick's being all like autocratic. Why am I bothering to be here? Anyway, this Scottish guy's coming down the other way. Walks past me and like we catch we catch eye contact and I was just like uh, so I kind of nodded my head to say hello. He turns to me just like with this just pure joy in his heart and he was like, "Fine weather, isn't it? Fine <laughs> weather." And then, and then and then we were talking and basically he was saying that that hill is under cloud cover for like three hundred days a year. Mm. So we were there. It was so any so for him. What is a beautiful day? It just means that he can go to the walk at the top of his hill and have a little look at the view. And I looked at that and I thought, I have failed as a human being. I need to grow and be more. Uh, in, you know, I have to be try and welcome these these experiences because it was great actually. And I I cheered up a bit after the after the um. Sunny I'm glad, Steve, because I mean it gives me genuine pleasure because I do go walking in the mountains a lot, and I I sometimes just go by myself with a tent and just pitch a tent on top of a mountain yeah. somewhere. And I enjoy doing that sort of thing. And um, I think, listeners, it's fair to say that Steve, he's more of a sort of city person, brought up in London, probably not done a huge amount of um, uh, mountain walking in the past. Done not a reasonable some. amount. Done some, but I wouldn't say you, you were an enthusiast. No. So it was quite um, nice to um, to see Steve really enjoying himself, on the, well, from time to time. On Fine the mountain, <laughs> well, it was, and it was really. We were so lucky with the weather. I'm amazed. It was genuinely. It was generally clear. There was very little cloud cover, and it barely rained. And for the west, northwest of Scotland, that's uh, that's really good. Yeah. Anyway. Mm. Yeah. Anyway, people aren't listening to this to hear about no, holidays. They're, they're not. They're no. about to find out all <laughs> this of the was supposed to be a short intro. We've right. been banging on. Anyway, let's talk some science, Steve. Okay, let's do that. Rah. fucking miserable out there isn't it it's kind of a bit um i don't think the dirtiest windows in all of north london help no or in well south london we are on the 28th floor it's quite hard to clean these windows details you'd think they'd have like a little man in a thing do you know what they're called a cradle a spider-man but they don't seem to have <laughs> them at keep they don't seem to have them in guys Tower. right it's very gray out there though it's not it's a, a typical november day yeah it oh. makes me want to spend all afternoon in the pub 
I know exactly what you mean. Yeah, drinking hobgoblin. Yeah, something <laughs> a, a weak but but really brown ale. Something along those lines. Anyway, yeah. so yeah, so science. You know what, Steve? Yeah. Most of the time, there's loads of biologists in the world. Yeah. There must be tens of thousands of them, I would say. Yeah. Biomedical scientists. Very rarely does anyone have a direct impact on like saving someone's life or helping someone. Would you? You agree? mean you mean like a like a surgeon may. Exactly, yeah. Or a like paramedic or something. Actually doing something, because most of the stuff I do is quite, you know, we're trying to do that, but it's, you know, you have to start... It's a way off, right, isn't it? You're kind of trying to lay the groundwork for future people to be able to save lots of people's lives rather than saving one person's life by the side of the street or on an aeroplane when they yeah, say... Yeah, but I mean... Dr. Evans, is there, uh, we need your help, this uh, person has cr- crashed. A friend of mine, actually, was is a doctor and got called, she, she was on a plane last week and someone said, is there a doctor on the, on, this, on the plane and she had to go look after them. Wow. And actually do it. She says she's had it done like four times. She's gone... I think it happens more often than people think. Yeah. I mean, I was on a plane coming back from, I went cycling. Yeah. One of the people I cycle with, he's a, he's a radiologist, he's a no. doctor. Someone had a turn on the plane in the aisle, stopped breathing. He he got called up. Right. And it's just someone I knew. Another friend of mine from work. They said that. Coming they back asked, from they the Canary like, do you, um, do you, Should we turn the plane around, apparently, is the yeah. first thing they ask you. Yeah, 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 yeah absolutely. Yeah, well, yeah. this hat, the other guy, they were coming from the Canary Island. This guy had a uh, heart attack. Yeah. And the plane, he advised the pilot to land. They landed in Portugal. Wow. On the way back to the UK. Think of that power. But yeah, anyway, so, so, so the difference. Maybe you could just make it. You get your mate. <laughs> you fancy a stopover somewhere. <laughs> Wait till you get to Copenhagen, so and then just, you're like, uh, "Yeah, no, no, we're gonna uh, have to Nick. land. You know, we're gonna have to land. Where's the nearest airport? Seychelles. <laughs> okay, um, yeah, we'll have to, we'll have to land there. Yeah, not, not like, <laughs> but not, 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 not Birmingham. <laughs> no, keep going. It'll be fine. It'll be fine. <laughs> I think he's having a stroke. Nah, nah, it'll be fine. <laughs> anyway, so um, yeah, but it's it's quite rare that um, that you can, as a scientist, you know, as a doctor, you can all the time but by 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 the stuff that you do you can have a real impact on someone's life it's been a really amazing story in the it's been all over the news right the past week go on tell me about it i i've been kind of out of the loop this past week because i've been writing a r- the biggest grant of my life so yeah, I'm oh sorry, yeah i haven't i've probably missed this you can tell us all well maybe you could if we feel it's like really boring later on, you can tell us about it <laughs> you know instead of a book at bedtime on radio four they could just have me talking about me writing this this uh, this grant i've been just writing. have you generally steve <laughs> Anyway, so Bastard. anyway, oh, so cuts to the <laughs> core. <laughs> Sorry, go on, him. Yeah, so this this is so gene therapy. Gene therapy, yeah. It's been around a long. People have been talking about gene therapy for thirty years, and got right. nowhere. Well, nothing's got really to the clinic. There's right. very few examples where gene therapy. So is explain used. to me what what there is gene are, therapy. Gene therapy is where you correct a condition by modifying. The, or, or introducing a gene in some way, and how is how is that different to like farm to, to taking drugs to, to deal with a to deal with a <coughs> disease or a condition? So a drug has a direct action on something in your body, yeah, and actually has a it, it makes a, the way a pathway inside a cell cell work change or something like that, or makes uh-huh. a cell produce something. Just to think of an example, you type two diabetics take drugs which sensitize them to insulin. Yeah. So you take the drug, it modifies the way the receptor, which identifies insulin, works, and it makes the receptor work better. So it's a direct action on a protein in your body. Okay. Gene therapy is somewhat different because you're, you're not giving anything that's active, you're giving the code. Yeah. So you're giving the genetic code, which your body has to process. So it's like, it's like rather than like eating a cupcake... It's giving the instructions to make the cupcake. Exactly, and it lets yeah. your body so it's like make, you need make some, it up. You need, you need some flour, you yeah. need an egg, you need some sugar, that kind of thing. Yeah. I mean, there's clear diseases where 
and often gene therapy people think it doesn't have to be used in these types of ways but it, it's often used where you people have a disease where they're missing a gene okay so yeah. one example might be cystic fibrosis okay it suffered a lot of people suffer from cystic fibrosis one in every 30 something people carry the gene yep so um because of that if two people who carry the gene meet each other and have a baby there's a one, one in four chance that one of their children will have cystic fibrosis. Anyway, don't worry about that. Yeah. It's just a quite common genetic disease. One gene is missing. Right. And it's a, it's a, a type of calcium. So channel. that would, it would be the equivalent of like forgetting the eggs or something. Something like that. Yeah. yeah. If you're trying to make a cake without eggs. Yeah. I okay. mean, it's, it's kind of like being um, y- you know, gluten intolerant or something. So, so but is the, is the gene completely gone? Is the DNA there or is it switched off? Um, well, it can be... It, it can be totally switched off or it can be defective. Okay. But um, let's not worry too much about the, the details. Genetics. Okay. Let's talk about the this w- what happened. All right. And Nick essentially, doesn't, Nick yeah. doesn't like that. He wants to talk about something else. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Stop annoying me, Steve. All right, go. <laughs> so, so the, just fuck off. <laughs> so this disease, so there was a chat. I have to bring it back right. to serious. So there's, there's a disease called um, epidermolitis bullosa. Right. All right. I've heard of that. It's a disease, and often it's caused by lots of genes which are missing, and they all affect one part of the body. Okay. So in your skin, you've got a layer called the epidermis, yeah, which is what makes all the keratin. So makes your skin water repellent. Um, it keeps bugs out, all those sorts of things. Yeah. You've got it that stops layer. Stops getting infected. Exactly. You've yeah. got that layer, and then underneath it, you've got something called the dermis. Mm-hmm. The dermis is what contains the collagen, makes your skin stretchy. Older people they get wrinkly skin because the collagen starts to break down. Yeah, <coughs> but the two have to be attached; otherwise, you'll get infections. It'll hurt. Lots right. of other things. You'll bleed. People with this condition, um, epidermolysis bullosa, they they've got defects in the proteins which stitch the two layers together. Right. So the layers that stitch your epidermis and your dermis together. God, that's awful. Yeah, and it it leads to f- a basically brittle skin flakes off. So even minor. Um, skin insults or you know abrasions and things completely rip it off yeah so it's a really debilitating disease people will they die of it because you get infections generally speaking and, and, and it's, it's awful it's does this does this occur like later in life or is this something that you're born with born with right um but there are different types and they're causing different genes so there's different levels of severity okay anyway people because people die of it it's sometimes it's kind of like palliative care is what what's given. Sure. So it's a sort of disease where you can intervene with experimental treatments because it's either you intervene with this experimental treat that may be dangerous or, or you die. Yeah. Yeah. So it's ideal fodder for testing genetic things. Anyway, I'm going to. So, sh- so so it sounds there like we know that scientists are just looking to experiment on people, but actually what you're saying is that they're. It's a it's a it's a rare case where it allows us the opportunity to be able to rapidly transition discoveries through to potentially helping people. Exactly, and it can also help scientists discover stuff as well. Right. You know, I wouldn't say for nefarious reasons. No, but, but you, mean, you don't you don't, want, you don't want like scientists experimenting on your granny, do you? No. Like you know, but you do you do want obviously to help future people if you can. Anyway, I'm going to show Steve an example of a a, a young child who had epidem. Epidermolysis bullosa. Yeah. So this is a a seven-year-old boy who was admitted to a clinic in Germany. I'm showing Steve a picture. That's awful. And basically the whole outer layer of the skin of this child, 80% of the skin had been lost. So it just looks like the whole body is covered by a massive, raw... Basically. Yeah. It looks like like it's been a fire. Completely burnt. So this this kid's been recommended for palliative care. Going to die. Okay? Very likely this kid's going to die. And what these scientists 
a well team of it's a team of people did right Italian and German teams, so it was a European team. They genetically modified some of this person's skin, so they took a very small area of skin from somewhere else on the body, four centimeter squared area. So that's right. quite significant because he's already lost eight percent of his skin. Right. They grew the cells in a dish. Okay. So you so how do you so you, you cut up a bit of skin and then you separate the cells. Like, how do you go from the, the tissue down to single cells? How does that work? Yeah, you take the skin, you digest it a bit, and you grow it on a, on a dish. Right, okay. These cells are quite proliferative. So they grew these cells Which out. Which means they like to grow, right? Yeah, proliferative means they proliferate. They grow a lot. Yeah. So they grew, the, they grew these cells in the dish. Um, and actually, tissue-engineered skin has been around for quite a long time. Yeah. You can buy it off the shelf. Right. Often it contains keratinocytes from foreskin fibroblasts. A lot of people get oh, really? circumcised in the US, so there's a big source of cells from people who get circumcised. So you can make grafts, basically. Right. You can make grafts okay. of skin to slap on a burn wound. Which is, but it's, real, it's not artificial skin, it's real skin. Real skin. Oh, amazing. Anyway, yeah, so yeah. that's got disadvantages for people like this child because there's tissue rejection issues because they come from someone else. Sure. So what they did with this kid with those cells is they then genetically engineered the cells. They introduced the gene that's missing. It's a protein called laminin, laminin B3. Right. And they basically grew them up on different pieces of material, so fibrin, so that's the, the stuff so that clots are made from, and plastic. They grew his skin cells in a dish. They grew them in a dish on yeah. a membrane. Right. And then they slapped them back on. Oh, my God. They saved this kid's life. Look, that's him afterwards. No way. Over how long? Uh, several months, I think. That's incredible. So it's the first example of someone being cured. But hold on. His, his skin cells now don't have that laminin still. He's still got the disease. No, they've all of those skin cells now contain that gene. They all descend from the cells which they tinkered with in the dish. Amazing. So, so they took the cells out of him. So they the corrected the genetic problem. So well, they didn't actually do that. They modified those cells, so they added a gene. Yeah. Then they put the cells back on, and the cells continue to inhabit that guy, this kid's skin. That's incredible. So there's no, so he doesn't have any skin cells in there that, that don't have the defective gene anymore. He he. Uh, I, so they they'd have to go and test every single skin cell yeah, in his so body to confirm that. But it's highly likely that they don't. And they actually biopsied him later on. Yeah. And what they find as well is quite interesting. And this is quite a complex area. But yeah. basically, your skin's got different levels of stem-like properties. Mm -hmm. Some of the skin cells get old, so they don't divide very much. Yeah. Some of them divide a lot. They're stem cells. All of the cells which are left on him are all of the stem cell type cells. So he's like, so he's even got though brand new skin. Upgrade. <coughs> he's got brand new skin. It's like having, it's like, so you could, so what you're saying is that old people could have stretchy skin again. Well, Mm, not really, but, <laughs> <laughs> but you believe that, Steve. But basically, one of the problems with this, this type of engineering is that you can cause cancer because if you put genes in cells, they can go and disrupt other genes, which right. are important in stopping S cells. Send a spider to catch a fly kind of thing. Exactly. So yeah. they'll have to keep an eye closer, but he's got no evidence of... And how, how long ago was this? This has only just come out in the past two weeks. That's amazing. So he was operated on in 2015. So, so do you think we'll be seeing more of this? So, yeah. I mean, have you said that kind of gene therapy has been one of those things that's taken a while to get anywhere? I mean, there's lots of things in that area. I mean, I, I could talk about, so in fact, I'm going to talk to you about something specifically in, in, in the physical sciences, which is they've been promising for a long time. Um, but like, so, so what's next? How is this, will this only work for one, for this particular skin uh, disease? Or will it be, you know, do you think we can use it for a lot of, a lot of other applications? So you're right, right. Gene therapy has been around for ages. This is an example of where science 
you have to be patient, right? It takes a yeah. long time for the discoveries to make it through to people. People get impatient. It's like, well, we've been talking about gene therapy, stem well, cells. They can make a new iPhone in a year. Exactly. Why can't they do this? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Biology is a lot harder than making phones. <laughs> but basically, um, yeah, there is a, so there's been another report uh-huh. of someone else cured from a different type of disease this past week as well. Um, that disease was, um, it was related to the, n- the neurons. So it was a muscular, it's kind of a bit like muscular, it's motor wow. neuron disease basically, it stops muscles working. And someone was treated that, that was reported in the top journal. So this was in the journal Nature, which means it's a big discovery journal. And the other one was in the New England Journal of Medicine. That's even bigger deal. Exactly. So these gene therapy things are starting to hit. Wow, so you, so you think we'll start be seeing a lot more of the, yeah, uh, in the science li- literature of us cystic monkeying fi- around? Cystic fibrosis is a really good example. Muscular dystrophy as well, I think, is one exactly. of those things. It's caused by a single point mutation in your DNA. It's a lot harder, though. It's, lot, it's somewhat easier to replace the outer layer of your body than sure. things which are really, you know, mature cells, which are often deeply embedded in tissues like neurons. Yeah. So that probably is still a long, long way away. But... Um, yeah, it's very interesting that this is starting to... Yeah, that's amazing. Well, look at that. Biology mm. for the win. What's annoying? Steve. So I want to have a moan at something. <coughs> and I'm gonna, I want to moan at... Um, is it about research services at Cambridge University? No, they've been brilliant. <laughs> Are you referring to my grant? No, they won't have been the... Uh, yeah, I won't talk about my grant. Um, uh, but, yeah, I won't talk about my grant. Anyway, um, I was in... One of the reasons I had to leave your wedding um, was I had to get on an airplane to go to the USA. It's because you prioritised work over your personal um, <laughs> I know. I did, feel, I did feel really bad about it. So thanks for making me... Uh, no, it's okay, dude. It's it. accepted. I understand yeah, it. It's, it's fine. It's going to get married. It's part of the reason why I love you. <laughs> <laughs> Maria will forgive me, I'm sure. Um... <laughs> So I was um I went to um a um symposium on um uh oh, well this one was on Alzheimer's disease. Yeah, more fun than my wedding obviously. More fun way. <laughs> <laughs> it really wasn't. Um but it was kind of interesting. So I, I just want to get your take on it because obviously I am not a you are a biologist and I am a lowly chemist so I don't understand the complexities of these You're things. You're still dragging your knuckles in the in the Yeah, dirt. indeed. Um <laughs> And uh, so I was there, and this was this kind of so the, there was a big, it was a really big deal. It was a conference, there was a lot of very big names there, and uh, we were kind of had to give a, a little talk. Uh, so we gave a talk about some of the research we're doing, and we, we, a colleague of mine that we also we got we shared a grant uh, together, and it was <coughs> the, um, the the point is that what we're doing in that grant is trying to build new tools to be able to help some of the some of the neuroscientists and some of the geneticists who are interested in neurodegenerative disease, so things like Alzheimer's and Parkinson's Build disease. Build new tools, what, like power drill? Yeah, exactly. We're just going to hammer people's heads in until they get better. No, so, so, so what, what you find a lot in, in science, I think, is that, and this was kind of echoed in the, in the recent uh, Nobel Prizes this year, is that you find three kind of classes, I would say, of, of, of discoveries. One, which are kind of just things that were found, and, and they could have been found at any time. It, uh, they just so happened to have been found at that point. So Like Jupiter's moons? Um, yeah. Uh, no, no, actually not. That's a different example. So, oh, right. Um, so a good example, but, you know, w- using existing technology that's been around for a while, one could have found... What, like Marconi inventing um, uh, radio? 
um, well, exactly. In that case, you had to, you had to you had to develop tools to make a discovery. So I would say that's different. So something. Well, he like didn't discuss. So other people made the made the tools and yeah. actually detected them, and he just modified. Okay. Them well, there you go. Practical. Well, there's a great a great example. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, another good example was see something like C60 or Buckminster Fullerene. Light bulbs, Edison. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So, okay. that, so 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 the, another one is uh, so that I say that's one class of discovery. The other class of discovery is ones that where a discovery is made because there is a new technology. So you develop a new piece of kit. And then because of that, you can make the measurement. And actually, this year's Nobel Prize went to gravitational waves, which is exactly that example, right? So they build a machine to measure something, and literally the first second they turn it on, they measure, they, they get this signal, like, oh yeah, that's exactly what we what we expected. It's like see. the Higgs boson, as exactly, well. right? Yeah. So 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 that's the second one. And then the third class is just just technology, right? We just like and Nobel prizes are awarded in that area. Like you just made a new bit of technology that's useful to other people. What well, like MRI, um, uh, GFP. Um, okay, you know that that kind of thing. I mean, yeah, I don't totally see the distinctions, but let's roll right. with it. Um, so, um, and this year you had um, cryo electron microscopy, which is essentially you know tool development, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah. You know, you're not using it to to try and understand some particular protein. You're just saying here's a, here's a thing that's useful to people in general. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So anyway, um, so so what we were doing there is we we're in that third class or the or that middle class trying to make things and see if other people might find them useful. Um, in, in our lab and I was there and there was a gene geneticist there and, and he was talking about um, the, 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 the uh, origin of these diseases and he was all just genetics and so I put my hand up he's a big really American really loud really brash you know <laughs> you know when people that when they say I have a question and they talk for like five minutes and haven't answered the question you yeah, know like yeah, you must yeah. be so familiar with them yeah. but super confident and you just feel and, and you know say lots of long words but that actually no information is conveyed yeah, at yeah. all what did you ask Steve so I said so why I said, you got that hair I don't like your hair. Why have you got hair like that? That's what I want to ask those sorts of people. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. yeah why, why are you so shiny? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I won't do you the. Ju <laughs> anyway, so I asked him. We were t he was talking about this mechanism, and I was saying, okay, well, on some level, this is what's happening in this disease: is that people that have the disease have fewer neurons, so your brain cells are dying. And so I was asking, well, what's the mechanism that kills your brain cells? Right? Okay, like, why like, do the brain cells why die? Why do they die, right? And why does, that, why does that happen faster in the case of people with Alzheimer's disease than people that don't? Yeah. And he was just like, he looked at me like I was mad. And he looked at me like, he was like why are you annoying me? Because he's a sure he wasn't looking at you like you were stupid. <laughs> yeah, maybe that. Yeah. <laughs> Isn't it like builds an amyloid buildup that kills them? Well, that's one of the hypotheses. But he would, he would ignore that. Okay. He would say no. He was just a geneticist. So he's just like, well, it's just because there, there, there's some flaw in the, in the instructions to make your, your neurons which are more susceptible to something. And I, and I turned around afterwards and I said, on some level, there must be... Like all of chemistry, which means therefore all of biology, works by two things banging together, right? So on some level, there must be things banging, right? Which must lead on some level to the neurons dying, right? And he was just like, you're going to make a joke. Realize, I didn't realize that banging did that no, to the brain. No, they want to pretend like it's more complicated, Nick, but it's not. There's two things hitting I like each other. I banging. I know you love banging. I knew you <laughs> love that, cho that choice of verb. Um, but like I was just saying, I was just saying, no, look, there must be. <laughs> oh God, here we go. <laughs> Nick gets his pervy no, laugh. No, carry on, carry on, keep going. No, so, he, but he, you know, he, as a geneticist, he was like very in. I would say inflexible into the idea that there might be an origin of like he, he wouldn't even. So if even if we were talking about drugs earlier, I said if in his idea would be that if you take a drug. The underlying thing of that is your genetic susceptibility to that drug. And some people are more susceptible to drugs than others. But he, but he didn't care about where that drug interacts with something in your body. He's just like, why are you bothering me 
with these details. And I just wondered, I've never really encountered a genesis like <coughs> that before. So I wondered, was he just being a dick? I don't or, 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 I or is that how they think? Because I just don't know many. I don't totally understand what the point on either side of the argument was, to be <laughs> totally frank. Because he was talking about neurodegeneration yeah. and you asked him why the brain cells die. No, and then he he might have said, well, it could be for this reason or it could be for that reason. No, he he was he was had no interest in why they died, well, in, the, in the mechanism by how they die. Well, what was he actually studying then? He was studying the genetics of the process. Yeah, so but that's what causing it. Uh, well, <laughs> so you're you're on Team Steve here, Nick. You're on Team Steve. I mean, if you've got if you if there's one you know simplest term, science has spot the difference. If you've got yeah. one person who's got one type of genetics and another per or uh, one group of people who've got one type of genetics, one group of people that have a different type of genetics, and one group gets some brain easier disease more than another group, then that must be caused by something to do with stuff their banging together, stuff interacting. Yeah, 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 banging. So, but ultimately, <laughs> stuff has to bang together, and he just he just wouldn't have it. And he he was from Harvard University, so he must be much smarter than I am. But well, I, probably um, I don't know about that. He could, he, he could maybe he just couldn't words. be bothered explaining it to you. Yeah, maybe he didn't like your beard. <laughs> That's true. He had a beard, though. <laughs> <laughs> oh, right. Okay. Well, in, th in that case, he must Maybe be jealous you for another reason. <laughs> okay, thanks. <laughs> but no, I, I think it's, I mean, I can't, I can't conceive of that argument um, because genetics, you know it's, genetics it's a, is it's mechanistic, it's a, fundamentally. Exactly. You're, it's a philosophical you're looking at difference. how things work. He, he, he Maybe you were just talking on too much of a high level for him. Well, that's really complicated, is it? Well, Two stuff, stuff banging, banging together. together. <laughs> well, yeah, but then you're like, well, where do you go from there? <laughs> do you know what I mean? Well, no, no, but, but this is banging together with that. This could be what's interacting. Yeah, exactly. But Cause like, but he, he wouldn't. He, well, wasn't even. In, I don't know. It would be like. I know what would be a good analogy. He he just was was. It would be the. Let's go back to our cupcake analogy. It was like I like cupcakes. <coughs> I don't give a monkey's about how cupcakes are made. You mean fairy cakes too, or whatever, right? Um, <laughs> I've been reading a lot of the Daily Telegraph recently. <laughs> Is that I'm why you just challenge to, everything? I'm starting I say. to revolt against Americanisms like cupcakes, fairy cakes. There are cupcakes in England. They're fairy cakes, dude. <laughs> cupcakes is American. No, I disagree. I think cakes. maybe fairy cakes are the ones where there's a bit missing from the middle, a bit cream, and then the bits which have been scooped out are made into little wings. Have you just like Nick's just like he's just like managed me to take me away from my thing that was <laughs> ca causing me anger into making me think about the joy of cake. Well, we have admitted, Steve, that part of the reason we do this is counselling. <laughs> 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 Thank you, Professor Essen. Bunsen, Burner, Dolly, Machine, Internal, Combustion, Why Do We Need, Petri, Oscar, Bay. Isaac, Newton, Transplanting. Nick, that was the end of a podcast. Wow. Like that one? I always enjoy our podcast, Steve. I feel like we need to get back in the swing of it a little bit. You know, we've had, we've had a break. And now we need to get back onto it. Well, Christmas is approaching and I think we should do a little Christmas podcast. I think that's a great idea. We should and totally do that. We should do what we, we did last we time. We missed the... Um, uh, the the Nobel special this year because you were busy getting married, but we yeah, still so got well. Christmas. I think we should do a Christmas one. So I, I'm not bothered about doing this video camera, but you can set it up if you like, Steve. Yeah, be quite nice. Um, but we could do we could do some present opening again. Yeah, I like that. That was yeah, fun. Yeah, that was quite good science time. related present opening. Yeah, and we also should we should do another. We should get more regular, shouldn't we? We should get. We've more let regular. it slide a little bit. Only one because of life events. Yeah, but we're back on it now. Back on it. We're back on it now. Yeah, so. Yeah. 
So if anyone would like to see us uh, talk about anything specifically or, or whatever, they can get involved with the podcast. How would they do that, Nick? They could tweet us and they could tweet me by tweeting at the Evans Lab. And I'm at Steve the Chemist. They can check us out in all forms of social media. We have a Facebook account, we The do. Science Shed, all one word. Uh, they can email us if they want, if they want to go old school. We're in the science shed at gmail.com. Yeah, and generally, you know, um, get in contact with us in any way that you see fit. We'd yeah. be very happy we've, to chat to you. We're getting a growing um, following now. I get reasonably regular tweets from people engaging with us. There's an bit. upward trend. Yeah. Yeah, we have a few shedlings. Have a few shedlings. Who we, we love. We love each and every one you of know, them. You know, I love the shedling so much <laughs> like yeah we should do like when we have our anniversary next year we'll mm. definitely do a little um public meeting for Event. a pint at which maybe no one will come apart from a strange person <laughs> who should be sectioned <laughs> and we'll give we'll give shedlings a hug won't we steve every free hug from from nick they'll nick get Evans. one for me steve doesn't like touching people no i hate people <laughs> get away get away get away anyway until next time bye